Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. I'm sitting here at one of my favorite places in the world, Ramah of the Rockies, a beautiful summer camp nestled in the Rocky Mountains, a place I've spent time during the summer when camp is in session. But right now, a whole different experience is happening here. The first session of Bamidbah, which is the first ever Jewish wilderness therapy program. And I'm here with Jory Hanselman, who is the director of the program. Hi, Jory. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Great. So happy to be here. And I just had an extraordinary experience. We're in the week of Pesach, of Passover, and I was just sitting around a campfire um, facilitating a, a conversation about the journey from freedom to revelation, the, the story of the transition between leaving e- Egypt as slaves and coming to Mount Sinai and the, the ritual of counting the Omer that goes with that. And we had an incredible conversation. We cooked breakfast in little individual pans, mixing up like matzah and eggs and cheese and butter and mushrooms in a little pan and cooking it over the fire. And all of this with extraordinary people who are here having, um, I think, a very transformative experience through this Jewish Wilderness Therapy program. The uh, six young adults who are participants on the program and the amazing staff who are helping facilitate their journey. And it's really, I'm so grateful for this experience. And it just feels such a, an important reflection on the themes of of, of slavery and how they might relate to addiction and mental illness and the other things that a lot of people struggle with who are helped by a kind of wilderness um, therapy program. But the Jewishness of this wilderness therapy program is really framed around celebrating um, the cycle of Jewish time together and using Jewish core ideas and principles. And so I'm just going to have a conversation with Jory about how this program came to be and what the experience is, it's um, uh, 10 weeks in now, Mm -hmm. 10 weeks into the program, and and how indeed it does relate to that journey from from freedom to a different kind of service. So why don't we start, Jory, by just um, explaining perhaps the evolution of a Jewish wilderness therapy program and how that came to being, and maybe even how you became involved in it. Definitely. Um, So wilderness therapy programs use backcountry experiences as a vehicle for therapeutic growth for youth, young adults who are struggling in various forms. Um, And really take that experiential application of therapeutic concepts to facilitate a a journey of um, personal development and growth. Most wilderness therapy programs rely really heavily on Native American tradition and metaphor to help students relate what's happening in the wilderness to what is happening in their lives outside of the program. And in looking at this model, um, there's a realization that one, there are a lot of young adults, Jewish young adults, who are in programs like this. And the Jewish tradition is so rich with metaphor and storytelling and values um, that 
that can relate to the question of what does it mean to live well? And why do we have to turn to other traditions to explore living well when our tradition offers so much um, and is so rife with metaphor that connects to being on this physical and metaphorical journey um, from from our personal oppression to finding a place of freedom and self-liberation from the things that are holding us back. And so that was kind of the the beginnings of the evolution of Bamidbar. Um, and personally, um, Bamidbar is, is something that is very near and dear to my heart um, in that at 15, I went to a wilderness therapy program. Um, I was in a place that I was very impacted um, by, by some traumatic events, by the death of some, some individuals who were close to me through suicide and, and an um, overdose and, and had mental illness impacting me in my home life. Um, and went to the wilderness um, over Pesach, actually. And in this program, um, I I went on this physical journey. And while the program I was in was not the least bit Jewish, my identity as a Jew was really central to how I experienced that. I was in the desert of Utah, and um, you know, carrying everything I had with me on my back, making my own food in this community, exploring. Um, you know, what my values were and, and who I was and who I wanted to be and how I built the tools to to find that. Um, and who I was as a Jew was central to to that that journey. So when I found out that Ramon the Rockies was exploring um, the potential of opening a Jewish wilderness therapy program, I knew that there was so much potential to take an already strong model and um, to be able to to really integrate Jewish values in a way that for um, for the right individual can make this program even more impactful um, and really speak to who who they are on a very deep um, level of their personal identity. Yeah. So I'm I'm very curious to hear some more specifics, both in uh, both in terms of how programs really impact people's personal journeys, but also some of the specific um, Jewish narratives and rituals that speak to you and that have been incorporated into the program that have really framed the program with that Jewish lens of substantive kind of meaning mm-hmm. and connection. But let's start with that. Like, what you know what. What's been so alive Jewishly for you in this program so far? Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, a lot of people ask me what makes Bamidbar Jewish. Why is Bamidbar a Jewish wilderness therapy program? Um, and it's hard to draw out Judaism as separate from everything else because it isn't. It is the whole framework and lens that we use to explore um, explore our students' journeys. And so they have an intensive clinical intervention facilitated by a mental health professional, the wilderness experience that um, provides a platform for applying those therapeutic concepts. And then we really use metaphor and storytelling um, as as a way to connect that to Jewish identity and to um, the struggles that we as people have experienced for thousands of years. we do that through daily spiritual practice, and we don't do a traditional shachrit, but instead our spiritual practice is, is termed shmirat nefesh, care for the soul. And every morning we start our day exploring mindfulness and meditation, guided journaling, or a more traditional liturgical-based Jewish prayer as a way to kind of set the stage for the day of what intention are you bringing to the day. Um, I, I will just say that I had... I was invited to to lead that practice this morning, the Shmirat Nefesh, and it was a, a wonderful experience. I mean, we did some singing of Jewish texts, but we really 
um, I invited a sort of meditation on the themes that we're in right now between, um, you know, the idea of this word eved, which means a slave, and we are described as Abadim le Paro, of, of slaves to Pharaoh in Mitzrayim in Egypt. And that's the Exodus story is the escape from that. But then we become, um, we become Avadim la Hashem. We become servants to God and looking at that sort of journey from one kind of slavery to a type of, of service, which was the essence of it. But, but the, the point I'm saying is just I was in, in deeply moved by the, the presence and the participation and the way in which those experiences framed the, the morning uh, practice. And that there are some people there clearly who are a little more traditional, who wanted to... Um, and we always, I, I guess the, 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 the tradition is always to leave space for people who want to do a more expanded shakhari to more expanded morning service to do do that on their own. But, but yes, I'm, I but continue. I just, mm-hmm. I wanted to, because that felt, it was the fact that you were talking about that and I had just shared that experience with the group felt like I wanted to have a little commentary on it. We had a staff member the other morning, um, I was sitting and talking with her and and she was saying, you know, <laughs> very emphatically like this program is so jewish it's so different than any other jewish program i've been a part of in that it's not that we do jewish it's not that we're jewish because we wrap to fill in in the morning or we're jewish because we have friday night services we're jewish because everything we do invites Mm. inquiry and invites each student to come in where they are in their unique jewish journey and and from there to be able to to meet them where they are and then provide a pathway to help them explore um, what Judaism means to them in their life at any given time. Um, So for example, on Shabbat, um, instead of doing a full Torah service, we do an activity every week that we call Living Torah, um, where we look at the Parsha and have a conversation or activity around, you know, what is the Parsha this week? mean to you? How is this relevant in your life? What does this look like for you today? Um, and to really bring that and make it alive, make it something that that is not just this historical text that we're looking at, but as a living, breathing document that speaks to the human condition right now in this this day and age and the struggles that we experience as well as our strengths and our and our opportunities for, for success and, and growth. So not to put you too much on the spot, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this Friday morning, we're going to be celebrating the seventh day of Pesach, where the traditional Torah reading is the, the crossing of the Red Sea. So how might you apply <laughs> that uh, narrative mm-hmm. to to the experience of Bamidba? Uh, so this is this is one of my um, favorite uh, favorite ways of applying kind of Torah to Bamidbar. And... Um, and, and this week, um, we were doing a bunch of activities kind of around the story of Nachshon ben Aminadav um, and looking at this idea Could of... Could you explain? Not yes. Ev- not everyone listening will mm-hmm. have heard of that name. So in the Midrash, um, there, there um, is the tale of a man, Nachshon ben Aminadav. The Jews are at the side of the Red Sea. Moses is standing up and praying for something to happen. Nothing's happening. Um, the, the Israelites have fallen to their knees and are saying, what, there weren't enough graves in Egypt that you took us to die in the desert? Like, at least we knew what, what our bondage was there. Now we're out here in this unknown with, with no path before us. And just to clarify this point in the story, they've got 
a, a sea in front of them and, and Pharaoh who changed his mind yet again mm-hmm. and his army behind. So either way looks like a really grim outcome. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this man, Nakshon ben Aminadav, begins to walk into the sea. Um, and the Midrash explains that he doesn't know how to swim and he walks into the sea. Um, and it is when the sea begins to lap at his mouth and when he begins to choke on the water that the sea actually parts. And at this point, it's said that God says down to Moses, there's a time for prayer and a time for action. You prayed and nothing happened. But Nachshon, you know, this, this no one at this point, someone who doesn't have, hasn't been mentioned previously, he walked into the sea. He had this faith. And because of his, his leap of faith, his leap into the unknown, the sea is parted. And this pathway has, has been created before us. Um, and so for our students, being able to explore, you know, when are you a Moses who, who stops and prays for something to happen? When are you um, the Israelites afraid of the unknown and afraid of the future and wishing for the past, even if, even if it isn't an ideal situation, at least it's what you're comfortable with? And when are you a Nachshon, you know, diving into the unknown and, and taking that leap of faith and stepping forward? Um, and for our students, we, we've really emphasized to them, too, that you know, in this journey, they have they have decided to begin with a brand new program to go on this journey of self development um, and to acknowledge that where I am right now, it's not working for me, and something needs to change. I'm going to take my chance with Bamitbar and um, and go on this journey and dive into the unknown, and that's a really beautiful thing. Um, that each of them are really like, heroes in their personal journey and personal narrative um, as they've taken this leap of faith to say, I, I, want, I want something to change. And, and I'm not sure what that'll look like, but I know that where I am right now, I can't stay here. Um, so that's, that's wow, one that's way we approach. <laughs> wow, mm-hmm. what a, an amazing response to that question. I just um, So have you, have you seen moments, and obviously we can't be specifics about any um, individuals on the program but have you have you seen like some nachshon moments where you've seen individuals really like take that those steps through into the unknown and the dangerous sea absolutely um absolutely we i mean for each of our students i think that their their first couple of days here is that experience it's it's very much living that experience of you can read about wilderness therapy. You can you can look at our website. You can learn about you know what this journey might look like. But until you're here, making food over a fire every day, sleeping outside, subject to the elements, learning to live as a group together, you don't know what that experience really consists of. And each of them are um, are saying that you know I I want something to happen. I want I want to grow. I want to develop. And so I'm going to step into this unknown. Um, and, and and take that leap of faith. It's a really beautiful thing. But we also, you know, we um, talked about about the Nakshon story a couple of weeks ago, and one of our students, um, you know, gave gave the example of in a lot of things in his life, he has been really impulsive, and he sees Nakshon as as kind of maybe being too impulsive, mm-hmm. not knowing and diving in. And he talked about how coming to Bamibar was one of one of the few times where he really stepped back and said, you know, I'm going to think about this and I'm going to make a, a decision um, with as much information as I can instead of just diving into something without thinking about um, the consequences. So there, are, I mean, Nakshon isn't the only character that that is um, taking a, a step in, in a positive direction in that story. And it's, it's finding yourself in all of those pieces and recognizing that, um, you know, there's, there's value in... in 
every every step along the way. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I was so impressed by just with the the short experience I had with the group um, out in the field today was the, was the way there's just very specific rituals built into the day of kind of um, uh, growth. What are they called? Um, growth groups. Growth. The growth groups. <laughs> And the way all of those discussions are, are framed around different um, Jewish principles. But we were talking in, in the growth group that I was facilitating, we were talking about, I mean, here we are in this, this journey of 49 days where we're counting the days every day. We're in what's called the Sfirata Omer, the counting of the Omer, where we count the days between the Exodus to receiving the Torah at Mount Sinai. And each day has a specific and individual quality. And, and this first week that we're in of the Omer is all about uh, the quality of chesed, which is loving kindness. And just the, the way in which people were willing to talk about their own kind of relationships, the challenges that they've had in relationships, where they've both been receiving what maybe has come from a a place of love, but has landed on them in a way that has, has negatively impacted them or, or wrestling with it. And it just seems to me that those conversations, which people may or may not have in their in their daily lives, wherever their daily lives are, but like being around a fire in the wilderness and being able to have those kinds of conversations where we can talk really specifically about what what is loving kindness? Like, how do I show up with loving kindness how do i show love and compassion to my to myself you know and this particular day is tiferet shebechesed which means the the kind of finding that place of balance and harmony within within the world of of love and i think that um the idea and the invitation that each of these these jewish practices which are ancient ancient jewish practices can be applied to this kind of model of, of work where people are really really having the opportunity to look deeply at their lives and the kind of patterns that they've been in in relationship maybe cycles of, of abuse and cycles of addiction and all of those kinds of things that people and to use that I was very moved it's, it's, it felt like one of the most real applications that I've experienced of that concept I mean you know there's a ritual every every night after dark we say a bracha we say a blessing and we count the particular day that it is and you know for some of us that's a, a meaningful spiritual ritual but it's it's like lots of things in Jewish life it can become a perfunctory mitzvah that we do because it's what our ancestors did but like suddenly being in an environment where it's um there's an opportunity to really explore these these traditions in very new ways that are so real and so personal, mm -hmm. right? So over over Passover, um, every day um, we have a theme that's guiding guiding the flow of the day in the program. It's guiding our growth group. It's it's uh -huh. guiding Shmirat HaNefesh, our spiritual practice. Um, it's guiding our activities and and really trying to look at. Um, at the Pesach narrative um, as a way to uh, to really condense um, their journey and put it into into um, into a narrative that they can connect to and relate yeah. to on this broader level while also seeing themselves within it. Yeah. Um, so to give an example, um, today our um, our theme is is reaching Mount Sinai. 
And so we have um, our students who are going on this day hike to the top of a peak and at the top of this peak are going to be doing an activity around what's your Torah? What are the values that guide how you move through the world? Mm. What does that mean to you? Um, tomorrow, looking at receiving of the Torah, looking at identity. What are your personal, social, community, religious identities? How do they change how you view yourself, how you view others, how you move through the world? Um, being able to to really take this narrative and um, and not look at it just through the lens of this is a story we tell every year, but through the lens of this is real and this is alive in your life right now. And how do we use this is such an intensive experience for our students. They're out here for 10 to 12 weeks and every moment of the day in this very small intimate group is an opportunity to stop and say, hey, what does this mean to you? Why, you know, when this happens, do you respond in this way? What's the connection between, you know, a trigger in your behavior and your emotional response and all these different pieces to slow down in every moment and explore those questions? And, um, Pesach just as one example, but it just gives such a, a beautiful way to um, to take take the personal to to give a chance to kind of step back, look at it in the broader framework of a narrative, and then to reintroduce the self into that narrative as well. So to say, this isn't just you. This is this is a narrative that we've been we've been sharing for three thousand years, and also this narrative is still very alive to you right now. Um, how do we how do we bring this to light to help you explore your journey and and your struggles and your strengths? Uh, it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing, <laughs> yeah. and it's a very intense thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can see how. I mean, it's extraordinary how hard the the field staff are working and, and what that experience is. I think that we're coming towards the end of our conversation, but I'm um, I'm wondering if you have any any closing thoughts. And, and just, I mean, if you don't, I just want to really acknowledge, like, here we are. This is the first, the first of its kind, the first Jewish Wilderness Therapy Program and the first session of that Wilderness Therapy Program. So maybe to close, you can, uh, how, you f- how you feel about it right now in this moment? Um, such a big question. I, I feel such a tremendous amount of gratitude. That is the number one thing I can say. Um, we have an amazing team of really caring, compassionate field staff of incredible clinicians who are really able to, to work with our students um, and a community of supporters who care about um, the success of this program and that a program like this can exist in the Jewish community and is not just a program for Jewish young adults, but is one that um, in every aspect of what we do allows us to really um, bring Judaism to life um, to in a way that is relevant to um, our students' struggles and strengths and, and to that um, very human narrative of, of self-exploration and discovery. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm also feeling gratitude. I'm feeling so grateful that I was able to come up here and share a tiny piece of this with, with you and with everybody else. And just finally, like, how can people find out more about this program? Definitely. Um, so you can find out more by visiting our website, bamidbartherapy.org. Can you spell that? Um, yeah, B-A-M-I-D-B-A-R therapy.org. Um, and and calling, calling the number on our website and asking for more information. Great. Um, there are a number of articles out as well about Bamidbar, which you can find on our website. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time and for everything that you've been doing here. And I just wish you great Hatzlacha, great success with the, the end, end few weeks of the program. And um, hopefully see you really soon. Thank you for letting me join. Appreciate it. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.